Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Have you ever had the chance to do it right? Did you ever do something wrong that was really difficult for you to live with, but then another opportunity came your way and you could fix your finances, fix your relationships, fix your health, fix your future? What a great opportunity to start a new career at a new place with a new boss. Hey, my friend, it's a chance to do it right. This is a chance for some of you. So enjoy today's study as we take you to Joshua chapter 2 as he shows us how to do it right the second time. We start a series called Intentional Living, and the goal is to live life on purpose, to make a decision that we're going to live life in a way that's on purpose. Intentional living is life on purpose. Say that with me, please. Come on. Intentional living is life on purpose. There's something that the Bible teaches that's very simple. It's about being purposeful, having a vision and a plan for your life that's specific and clear. Today, I'm going to take you to Joshua chapter 2, and I want to show you a series of individuals that I believe decided to live life on purpose. Imagine having a life you don't like with results you desperately want to change. Some of you can relate to that. What if you had a chance to do things the right way and create a new life for yourself? What if you can back up the tape and change everything? Believe it or not, today is that day. It's the day that you can intentionally change your life and take advantage of the chance to do it right, to intentionally do it right. In our study today, there is a person like this. This person came to a place where they decided, I want to change. I don't like these results. And one of the great moments in life is when you realize, I don't have to accept these results. People tell me I do, but I don't have to accept them. I'm, I'm convinced that this is the only job in the world. I'm convinced this is the only place I can live. And and that's really not true. There comes this moment when you realize that sometimes I've just accepted where I am. And that's why I'm here. It's more about my acceptance than somebody, somebody else wouldn't. Somebody else would not accept somebody beating them every day. Not some people. See, and let me tell you something. Men who beat their wives and women who beat their husbands, you know, it goes both ways. You just married to the right person. You're with the right person. Now, another person wouldn't take it. Not five seconds. Her name is Diane. (laughs) Be over. It would be no second chances. It'd be no I'm sorry's. It, it, I I don't think so. That's after 30, 33 years dealing with her. I don't, I don't think so. And she's back there saying, and he is the same way. Some things I just don't tolerate in my life. I just don't accept because that's not necessary for me. That may be necessary for you, but not for me. So it's all about what you accept. That's why one teacher's classroom is out of control, next teacher's quiet. The kids know it, and the same kids can go to both classes, and they're crazy in one and mannerable in the other. It's the teacher. It's the leader. One, one school is organized, one school is scattered. It's the principal. It's the staff. It's all about what they accept, the environment they create. There's something that you can do that changes the world, changes everything. And that's all about making an intentional decision. Now, 
There are four specific things this sermon is about. It's about a nation. Say it with me, please. Say a nation. nation. A woman. A a family. And me. All of these today will make decisions in this study. You'll see a nation decide to do it right. You'll see a woman decide to do it right. A family will join her and make a change. And then you, of course, hopefully will do the same. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Look at the text with me. Joshua, the son of Nun, secretly sent out from Shittim two men as spies. Now, I want to pause there for a minute. And I want you to notice he sent how many men? Two. This is a real moment in Bible history, because if you look and I put the note there for you, Numbers 13, verse 26 through 33, there is in Numbers 13, the story of Israel sending 12 spies to the same land 40 years earlier to spy out the land. Moses was the one who sent them. And the goal was for these 12 spies, one from each of the tribes of Israel, to go and determine what the land was like, not to determine whether they would take the land or not, but to to spy it out, see what it's like. They came back and brought a bad report, and that's recorded in Numbers 13, 26. Now, what's interesting is when you look at that, that was one of the worst moments in Israel's history. It led to one of the worst uh, outcomes that you can imagine. Have you ever missed a chance? Have you ever went to a job interview and just blew it? Have you ever just did something and, and you set yourself back several years Because of that one decision. In Numbers chapter 13, you see that. They have this bad moment as a nation. And they basically say, we're not going to go over and conquer the land. We want to go back to Egypt. And they end up spending 40 years in the wilderness. Years of being lost. Years of no direction. And years of murmuring. All because of a decision to follow 10 people. How many people did I say? I promise you, your life, some of you, is going in a bad direction because of your friends. Because of the people you allow to influence you. Lovingly said, sometimes family means well, but they can't do you as well as they mean. They just don't see around that corner. And so here you have a whole nation of several million people who listened to 10 guys. 12 went. Joshua and Caleb tried their best to convince everybody, but they failed. They couldn't convince them. So for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness and everybody that was 20 years old and older died. And so now we're in the second generation and now they're going back again. It's a chance to do it right this time. All that's gone. You're on a new job, new city, new friends, new people, new church. Chance to do it right. A chance to rewrite your life, a chance to reorient your life. The question is, what will you do with that chance? Will you make the same mistakes? He told him, go look over the land, check out Jericho. And all this in verse one of Joshua chapter two. They left and arrived at the house of a harlot named Rahab and stayed there. So instead of sending 12 guys, this time Joshua sent a smaller group. He just picked the right two. He just decided only two guys came out with sense the last time. This time we'll send two. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure they were handpicked. Verse two, they get there. No, I'm sorry. Verse one, they, they go to Rahab, the harlot's house. Now, that's a prostitute. Now, that's that's a lady of the night. That, and it implies that she owned this house. So uh, you might ask yourself, Lord, what's your plan? Well, I'm, I, we're going to change the whole world. 
Where you want us to go? I want you to go to the harlot's house. Rahab, the woman who owns the house of prostitution. That's where we want you to go. You know, some of you would have said, now, that's a bad plan. I need to go to church. <laughs> but notice he didn't send, he didn't, he sent these two men to a place that was really doing something that you couldn't imagine. Rahab was already in revival. Rahab had already been praying. Sometimes you look at people and you don't know where they are. You stuck on what they used to be. You stuck on how they used to live or how they used to think. But Rahab had already moved on in her heart. She just didn't know how to get to God. She didn't know how to find her way out of this life she was in, but she was ready to change. You'd be surprised. You got a neighbor. You got somebody on your job. Sometimes it's the loosest person in the office who's ready to come to your church, but you haven't invited them yet. Sometimes it's the one that you don't think wants God at all. I've had some people stop me in the street that scared me, and I look like I, I should fight when I saw them. I, come, come here. So what you want? I watch you all the time. I say, good, I'm glad you do. Praise the Lord. It's, you never know who's hungry. You never know who's waiting. But Rahab, the harlot, was waiting. And so they snuck in town, go to her house. And the Bible said, verse 2, the king of Jericho was told, we just learned that men arrived tonight to spy out the land. They're from the people of Israel. The king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, bring out the men who came to to." to stay the night in whose house? Your house. She's in charge. They're spies. And they've come to spy out the whole country. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. What's amazing is this woman had already made a decision. She made a decision that she was not going to be on the wrong side. She had learned from her life mistakes. She had learned... And she was determined to change. And so you see the determination of a woman now to do it right. And what she did was she hides the spies. And then down in verse nine, she tells the spies why she joined them, why she helped them hide. She said to them, I knew that the Lord had given you this land and that a greater fear that and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We've heard, listen to this now, how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth. Have you ever seen God give you an answer before you asked any questions? This is the moment. These guys are standing there and they're amazed. But three things motivated this woman to change. She knew something. And God helped her know it. She knew the Lord had given them the land. Now, how did she know that? The Holy Spirit helped her know it. You know, it's one of my favorite verses is in John 16. It says the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. I've learned I can preach. You can preach to your kids all day long. But until a move of God happens in their life, until something comes on them, you can't change them. There's something profound that takes place 
when people are changed, when people are stirred and they have an encounter with God. This woman by herself had an encounter with God and she says, I know that this is the right path. Secondly, she knew uh, what she heard about the Red Sea victory. She heard about it and she believed every, every bit of it. Thirdly, she knew their enemies were defeated. He, she lists, you guys beat this king, you beat that king. She was determined to change her life. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. There's no sign that any preacher preached to her. All she heard was, was the testimonies about what God had been doing through this nation. See, what we've got to do is be a testimony. We've got to go out and conquer. We've got to go out and take charge, and people will hear about it. And a word of mouth is more powerful than any TV show or anything else. If you can get people excited, if you can get people stirred up, if you can get people to hear about how you came and God changed your life and how God did this for you, people will begin to respond. And so all of a sudden now, this woman who is in business in a safe, stable job, some would say, now she knows it's time to give this up. And she is intentionally giving it up. You know, when I hear these testimonies, people say, well, you know, I didn't want to come from my old life. I was having a good time in sin. But I, the Lord kept on bugging me, so I just, you know what I say, stay where you're at. <laughs> Especially when I hear people talk about preaching. I didn't want to preach. I'm running from it. Well, keep running. I don't want anybody cooking for me who say they're running from the kitchen. <laughs> stay out of my kitchen. Don't cook for me. I hate Savannah. Move. When I hear stuff like that, that's what I say in my mind. So don't say it to me because that's what I say in my mind. We don't want you here if you don't want to be here. If you want to move, please. Look, Highway 95 is open right now. You can just, if you, you need to stay, I thank God for where I'm at. Love where you are. Be happy for what God has given you. Come on, say amen. Be happy for what God has given you. It needs to be your own will. Your own will. Stop going on your job looking sad and mad and frustrated with everybody. I don't want to be here. Well, go. You ought to say thank God for a job. Thank God for the opportunity to come in the door. Thank God for the place. That, if your company is struggling, it's because of your attitude. It's people like that. You ever go places, what do you want? I say, you know what? Am I bothering you? <laughs> I've asked a few people, am I bothering you? <laughs> am I interfering with your day? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Well, you sound like I'm just, I'm bothering you or something. You'd be surprised how God, God, God can't bless us because we don't have the attitude of Rahab. This is a woman who has come to a place where she is convinced, I want to change. Nobody has to force me. I'm looking for an opportunity. When these two guys came, she jumped on it. She, she took initiative. There's another thing we're missing. Take initiative. I want to be the best pastor I can be. So I read like it. I study like it. I pray like it. Because I want to be better. I want my staff to be better. I send them stuff to read all the time. They're praying for me right now. They'll see another email read, respond, mandatory reading. Respond within two days. I want you to tell me you're reading with me. Think with me. Here's a book. Read this with me. We are going to become better at what we do. It's important for you to see this is a person who's taking initiative. That's what I want you to see. And I want you to see how her initiative rolls over to her family. She's not just taking initiative just because she understands that she is a leader. She is a leader. 
Rahab said, my job is to save this family. And so she goes after it. And so what she does is she strikes up a deal. She was determined for her family to do it right. Look at verse 12. Now, then she told the spies, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family. Not just about me. Verse 12. You with me? Joshua chapter 2, verse 12. Because I've shown kindness to you, give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brother and sister, and all, all who belong to me, all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men told them. You guys do us right, we'll spare all of you. Now, but what I want you to notice is she was focused on not just her doing it right, the whole family. Do you understand you can change, do things right, and if you're really open, your family can be the next one in line. I understand that I made a decision. Diane and I made a decision. Our families weren't perfect. We had our challenges. But we decided before marriage, we made some great covenants. One was we're going to give 120% to each other. And we've kept that covenant. That's why for 33 years, I've been in love with Diane, and I'm loving her more today than ever before. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. Come on. Come on, amen. That's a good thing. But the second thing that we've done is we made a commitment to stay focused on the things that really, really matter and to make sure that we invest in our families, to make sure that it's not just about us, to cut the curse from the past. We want to make sure that we gave attention. And, and I credit her a lot for that because in this job, it'll pull you away. You know, I, I'll get wrapped up in doing stuff, kingdom work, and I won't spend time. But she looked at me early in our marriage and said, I'd rather have you. I'd rather have you. This success and it'll pull you away, but I'd rather have you. Don't build me a house and go live in another part of it. I'd rather have you in a small house. And I remembered that. There's something profound that happens when you see Rahab saying, it's not just about me. What I do, the changes, the intentional changes I'm making have a great impact on my family. Imagine 25 years from now, 30 years from now, what will your great-great-grandchildren say? What will your grandchildren say about you? Will you be the one that changed everything? I did a funeral once, and I remember some children stood up, stepchildren, and they were talking at their mother's funeral about what the stepfather meant to them. They were big, husky guys. And I never will forget what one said. He saved us, and he cried. God sent him to our family to save us. And they all stood there, and they cried, and I cried, and he got up crying. And I thought to myself, Lord, let me be the kind of man that saves my family. Let me be the one that brings peace where there was strife and tension. Let me be the one that brings joy where there was misery. Let me be the one that they testify like that about. Rahab was saving 
her family. Save your family. But it starts with saving yourself. It starts with changing your life and your attitude and your life attitude. It's amazing what you can do. But then I want to close with the thought about the attitude that it took to make this all happen. First of all, the family was willing to change sides. The family decided to listen to Rahab. You just kind of wonder, first of all, this is a lady whose lifestyle is not one that you would think would bring about these kind of results, but you don't always know people. Christians get on my nerve. We just judge people so badly. We just, uh, sometimes I want to just choke us. We just, just know everything about everything and have an answer for everything. I was in a, in a, in a um, uh, restaurant one day and a guy was just wearing out a, uh, this, this waitress who was trying to take his order. And he, and he just, she said, well, sir, what would you like? And he kept saying, well, you know, before we talk about that, do you know Jesus? And he just kept on trying to witness to her. And, you know, you're going to hell if you don't. I wanted to, I wanted to reach over and say, would you just tell her you want something to eat and just leave her alone? It was a pitiful sight. But I said to myself, it's this arrogant thing we can develop that you think you know people. But there are people, listen to me, who are not as knowledgeable as you, and they can't sing a gospel song, and they have a bad history, and they made a lot of mistakes, and they have a bad reputation, and they might have been to jail, but they're open. Their heart's open. God can talk to them. They, they'll listen. Come on, say amen. You know I'm telling the truth. I know, I know some unsaved family members of mine that I can give a million dollars cash to, and they wouldn't touch it. And I know some saved people I better not think about giving them $10. You don't know people. You judge people. You don't know people. You don't know who you're, you're, you you don't realize sometimes where a person's heart is. You don't realize how hungry somebody is. This is a woman whose life is now impacting her whole family so much so that her family says, we'll join you. What was it about her that made that happen? They were willing to follow her leadership. She just called them together and said, listen, now, let me tell you guys what's happening. And you can't go out and tell everybody this. Israel's going to attack. Now, I've made a deal. I want you to, this is what we need to be. We need to change nations, change gods. And I need to know who's with me. Everybody that's in this house will be all right. Everybody that goes out and talks will die. Not one of them died. 100% participation. Say that with me, please. Come on. That says a lot about this woman that had a name that was not that good in your mind. What does that say about her family? What does that say about how people can change? You know, I love this story because if you read forward, she becomes the great-great-grandmother of David. She ends up in the lineage of Jesus. This woman who starts out in this incredible place ends up being mentioned in a way that you would never imagine. Who could have thought, who could have thought somebody like her? Who could have thought someone like you could end up in a place that God can put you? But it all starts with a willing heart. So the question in conclusion is this, how determined are you to do things differently? How determined or how willing are you to follow leadership? How willing, how willing are you to listen to God? It's really 
all about you right now, being intentional and saying, I get it, Pastor. I'm totally clear. Now, in the sermon, you've heard things that may have touched you, but they mean nothing if it doesn't change your approach. And so you're going to have to stop for a minute and pause and decide today if this is the road you want to take. Every day, I've been posting prayers and devotions. And these prayers and devotions that I've been posting have been from my heart. And I, I've just found that God is speaking to me as I write these prayers and devotions. And in these prayers, I'm finding myself being wrapped up with one theme. I want to intentionally change the outcomes of my life. I want to intentionally go in a new direction. I want to intentionally be a person who has a different result. I want God to move in my life in a way that will enhance my life and lift my life to another place. Well, I hope this message inspired you. You know, it's always great to have a second chance. And some of you have really been praying for that. So I want you to take this as a moment to say, okay, God, thank you for that opportunity to start again. Lord, I, I pray for people who've listened today who want to start over in Jesus' name. Let this be that new beginning for them, a place of healing, a place of a new start in Jesus' name. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. See you next time. God bless you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.